Welcome, travelers. Welcome to season two, episode 23 of Travel Happens. Today is a news heavy episode, and there's a reason behind that. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. I'll explain everything to you. There is so much ground to cover, so many new developments. Let's get to it. This is Travel Happens, a podcast all about enhancing your vacation. Do you want to make your trip go smoother, easier, and more special? Keep listening. I'm your host, Destination Douglas. Think of me as Maureen Sedai, Tyrion Lannister, Gandalf, Mr. Miyagi, and Yoda all rolled into one. I'm your guide when it comes to cruises. Today, I'll be discussing what you might have missed on your cruise contract, items you might have overlooked. The terms and conditions on any travel opportunity is long and the print is tiny. That's why you use a travel advisor. They can alert you about what you are about to enter into. Let's face it, you don't want it to occur, but travel happens. We're here to supply advice, guidance, and aid and be your advocate through all the potholes and pitfalls to your destination. Do you need help in planning a trip? My contact information is in the show notes. Just drop me a line. And we're back. We're talking uh, news. There is all sorts of news happening. So um, I'll start out with Disney. And when we're talking about Disney this, uh, this time of year, we're talking about D23. What is D23? D23? Well, it was founded in 2009 as the first official Disney fan club of its kind. If you breathe Disney on a daily basis, then this is the place for you. D23 is open to any and all Disney fans, and you can be any age to join. It has several tiers of membership. D23 was established to bring Disney fans closer to the magic through one-of-a-kind experiences, special events, unique merchandise offerings, quarterly publications, exclusive online content and opportunities to meet others who share the same affection for Disney. D23 offers fans an inside look at every corner of Disney, from the parks, animation, television, and film, to the treasures of the legendary Walt Disney archives. The D stands for Disney, and 23 represents 1923, the year that Walt Disney arrived in California and founded what was to ultimately become the Walt Disney Company. This past weekend, D23 held the D23 Expo. You must be a D23 member to purchase tickets. There are all kinds of panels introducing introducing, I meant announcing Disney's newest projects, films, parks, etc. There are celebrity guests and appearances, Q&As, exclusive merchandise, a huge floor filled with vendors, photo ops, and more. You'll see cosplayers, the most amazing costumes, creativity abounds, and you'll just get to be with people who love Disney. It reminds me of the fan events of Comic-Con or Drag-Con, and after a three-year hiatus, it is back. This is the event in which Disney makes its biggest announcements. The next D23 Expo is scheduled for 2024. So if you are a Disney Plus subscriber, highlights of the weekend event are available. So you can check it out and see if you want to be there in 2024. D23 Expo is the reason why there has been a dearth of Disney news the past few weeks. They saved their biggest announcements for this event. So now comes the moment we've all been waiting for. What did they announce at this year's D23 Expo? 
in a timing issue, we are able to broadcast news of the expo before one of my other favorite podcasts. So score. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start off with Disneyland. Um, guests at Disney California Adventure Park will soon head into the multiverse alongside fan favorite superheroes as detailed on a never before seen third attraction with a brand new story. Uh, and it's been announced for Avengers Campus. Joining in battle with the Avengers means facing foes from anywhere and everywhere, including a new threat, King Thanos, a multiverse variant designed specifically for Avengers Campus. The Incredible Hulk will be appearing in Avengers Campus in his quantum suit at Disney California Adventure Park beginning next week for a limited time. And then if you go over to Pacific Wharf, it's going to be reimagined as San Francisco from the Walt Disney Animation Studios film Big Hero 6 and feature a place to meet Baymax as well as new spots to eat and shop. It seems to be a light retheming. Um, I think it's just there to get people happy and maybe check out the space once again if they haven't been there in a while mickey and minnie's runaway railway will invite guests into a cartoon world where tune rules apply and mickey's toontown will step into a new era of inclusive experiences for families of all ages when it opens in early 2023 work continues to transform paradise pier hotel to pixar place Hotel, where guests will feel as though they've stepped into a Pixar art gallery featuring new interpretations of favorite Pixar pals. Over at the downtown Disney district, more than a dozen new and reimagined locations will open, including a Southern California favorite, Porto's Bakery and Cafe. And Run Disney races will return to the resort in 2024. And it's been several years. <laughs> uh, we've all been waiting for that. Uh, and then also, Tiana's Bayou Adventure is coming to Disneyland Resort in late 2024. Several members of the original film cast will return to lend their voices to the attraction, including Anika Noni Rose as Tiana. I saw her live um, at a production of... Uh, company at uh, Lincoln Center, so she is good. You'll you'll enjoy that. Well, you know she's good because you saw the movie here, <laughs> with Tiana, uh, Bruno Campos as Naveen, Michael Leon Woolley as Louis, and Jennifer Lewis. Hello, love me some Jennifer Lewis as Mama Odie. And then moving on, The Mandalorian and Grogu begin encountering guests inside Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland Park beginning in mid-November. Uh, so I would love that. I, when I was at Galaxy's Edge, uh, I ran into stormtroopers. <laughs> um, two nighttime spectaculars will kick off in late January as part of the Disney 100 Years of Wonder celebration. World of Color one and a new fireworks show, Wondrous Journeys World of Color One at Disney California Adventure will celebrate the storytelling legacy started by Walt Disney a century ago. It's going to be World of Color like you've never seen it before with an all new inspiring story told through some favorite characters. Wondrous Journeys at Disneyland Park will ignite wonder in everyone and feature nods to all 60 at Walt Disney Animation Studio films to date, taking viewers on a journey filled with artistry, music, storytelling, and heart. The Magic Happens Parade returns this spring, and that's a good thing because Magic Happens had just a tiny little bit of a run and then the pandemic came along and put a squash to that so i'm glad it's coming back give everybody a chance to see it because i don't even know how many people got a chance to see it 
Okay, so that's it for Disneyland. Let's move on to Walt Disney World. At Walt Disney World, Epcot's World Celebration Neighborhood reaches completion in late 2023. Um, Journey of Water, inspired by Moana, will also open in late 2023, inviting guests to follow the story of water on the planet, inspired by Moana's connection to the ocean. Um, I'm really looking forward to that one. I, I saw a picture of a, um, a really large statue as part of that. And as you all know, I love me some sculpture. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, fan favorite Figment will also appear live to park guests by the end of 2023. And uh, if you're a journey uh, to imagination fan, you'll be excited to hear that. I know when I was a kid, I had a stuffed plush figment. I don't even know what happened to him. <laughs> it's been a few years since um, I've been a kid. So I'm a kid at heart. Uh, then moving on over to Tomorrowland, Tron Light Cycle Run will invite guests to enter the grid in spring 2023. I've received reports of sightings of people tests on the attraction have been happening starting a couple of weeks ago. I believe that part of the reason for the time it will take from the start of people on the attraction uh, testing uh, to the opening of the attraction is marketing. I think that time will is because the opening of Tron will immediately follow the end of the 50th anniversary celebration. It is perfect for them to lead their marketing promotions once the 50th anniversary ends. And then uh, Tiana's Bayou Adventure is coming to Walt Disney World Resort in late 2024. Several members of the original film cast will return to lend their voices to the attraction, just uh, like in Disneyland, including Anika Noni Rose, Bruno Campos, Michael Leon Woolley as Louie, and Jennifer Lewis as Mama Odie. That is what will be uh, the renovation of Splash Mountain, which is a move to make things more inclusive. And I'm all about inclusivity. So I'm happy to hear that. The popular anthem, Happily Ever After, will play again when an updated nighttime spectacular returns to light up the skies over Cinderella Castle in 2023. Uh, moving on over to Epcot, Harmonious will be eliminated. Ooh, a new nighttime spectacular will be introduced. I, but I gotta say, I still miss Illuminations and Tapestry of Dreams. The music of those shows pulls at the heartstrings. So I hope they um, take note of the lessons of the differences between harmonious and illuminations and inject into this new nighttime spectacular something that's closer to illuminations and what made illuminations so great. Imagineering portfolio creative executive Chris Beatty and Walt Disney Animation Studios chief creative officer Jennifer Lee discuss early concept explorations for Dinoland USA at Dino at Disney's uh, Animal Kingdom Park and potential expansion opportunities beyond Big Thunder Mountain at Magic Kingdom Park at Walt Disney World, and even offer some creative what-if ideas. Um, and basically what they are presenting are big aspirational possibilities. Nothing of what they were talking about is definite. I mean, listen, they went so far as to announce before the pandemic that they were going to incorporate some Ma uh, Mary Poppins uh, 
stuff over in uh, the UK pavilion of the World Showcase, and then the pandemic hit, and that has changed everything. So that's no longer happening. So these what if ideas, uh, you know, I don't put too much stock in it. Like one of the ideas has to do with a villain's themed land. I would love to see that. That sounds great to me, but um, will it eventually happen? We'll see. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that there weren't more announcements about plans for Walt Disney World future. Uh, Disney really needs to step it up. The amount of time that attractions are down uh, during the course of a day keeps on building. You go today and there are going to be times when the attraction is down. And that is really concerning if you're one of these travelers who visits once every couple of years or once a year and this is your big thing. Or maybe you're the traveler who, at least when you're literally going, you're thinking, well, this is my one and done, my one chance. And then you visit and you go to, uh, let's say, um, uh, Space Mountain. And for whatever reason, Space Mountain is now down uh, for like a, a few hours. And that is not something that is making people happy. Um, so in order to relieve the stress of continually running these attractions, you need to spread the demand over more attractions. Also, Universal is breathing down their neck with the upcoming Epic Universe. The amount of land that uh, Universal is developing is significantly large, allowing for a slew of brand new experiences. If you listen to my Universal News uh, coming up soon, you'll hear how they are going to be adding 2,000 more rooms to Universal Orlando Resort. Disney needs to wake up and make some plans if they don't want to lose more and more market share. You know, um, I know a number of years ago, that's all they cared about was just dominating all of the market share. I mean, that's why they had the uh, Magical uh, Express because they didn't want people to venture out on their own to visit anything else except something Disney. Well, you want people not to go elsewhere? You really need to step things up. So that all lends itself to what I'm going to talk about next, and that is news about Universal. And I'm going to start off with rumors about Epic Universe. Epic Universe is, as I reported last week, looks to have two sister resorts opposite the main entrance to the park. Currently, they are called Project 912 and Project 913, and each is supposed to have 750 rooms. Project 912 is the first uh, to experience development with work for land prep happening now. On October 25th, three cranes are scheduled to be delivered to the work site according to height waivers filed with the FAA. Recent permits filed with the county show that mock rooms for Project 912 are being constructed in a nearby warehouse by the contractor Finfrock, who also produced the Endless Summer Resorts at Universal. These model suites will be in place to show what the finished rooms are supposed to look like and aid in construction. It's basically copy the model. Just, just look at the model and copy it. Finfrock specializes in precast concrete structures, allowing for incredibly fast build times. I would not be surprised if Project 912 gets completed by 2024. Work has not started yet for the sister resort, Project 913. A trademark application was also made last year for the hotel at the back of the park. Its name, according to the application, will be Universal's Helios Grand Hotel. Helios refers to the god of the sun in Greek mythology, so it is in line for the theming that is developing around Epic Universe. 
Rumor believes that this hotel will house 500 rooms. Many rooms for this hotel will have views overlooking the theme park. Could this hotel host a lounge at the top of the roof? We'll see. Today, most of the work for this hotel has involved its attached restaurant. And then when you uh, look at what the county has to say, the county has stated the Kirkman Road extension, which will connect Epic Universe to the rest of Universal Orlando Resort, should be completed by the end of 2024. About 1,500 construction employees were working on site in mid-August, and within the next year, they will be between 9,000 and 10,000 workers at the property daily until the park opens, according to the Orlando, Orlando Sentinel. So they're, they're not messing around. They're, <laughs> they are working hard and trying to make this happen quickly. I wouldn't, right now, they are saying that at the latest, the park should open summer of 2025. I would not be surprised if it happened sooner than that at the rate that things are developing. But we shall see. Newses for the cruises. I'm going to start out with Disney. At D23 Expo, Disney Parks Experience and Products Chairman Josh DeMauro offered a first look at exciting news for Disney Cruise Line, including unveiling the sixth ship in the Disney Cruise Line fleet. They named it the Disney Treasure and an update on Lighthouse Point, the new beautiful island destination in the Bahamas. So... They already have Castaway K. Uh, now they are doing a second private island, Lighthouse Point. The sixth ship in the Disney Cruise Line fleet, the Disney Treasure, will set sail in 2024. Imagineers have dreamed up a new design concept inspired by the theme of adventure, celebrating Walt Disney's lifelong love of exploration. The Grand Hall, the magnificent three-deck-tall atrium that welcomes guests on board, is inspired by the grandeur and mystery of a gilded palace, drawing on real-world influences from Asia and Africa and paying homage to the far-off land of Agrabah. Now, keep in mind, folks, Agrabah is fictional. There is no such place on planet Earth called Agrabah. But in Disney World, there is, and that's what they're uh, shooting for. At the center, the signature statue will feature Aladdin, Jasmine, and their magic carpet. Typically, the atrium is light and airy in design, or the Grand Hall, excuse me. Uh, and the concept art depicts the, the, uh, the Grand Hall as having dark, tones of blue and gold. It won't be a departure for Disney, but still stunning. I get the sense that it will be a carbon copy of the Disney wish. I mean, every everything about the uh, concept art for this new ship is basically they're just doing a repeat of the Disney wish, which makes sense. They just haven't had time enough to hear people's feedback of people who have been sailing the wish because it it's under construction. They're right in the middle of um, working on this second uh, ship of the same class as the Wish. So um, they haven't had a lot of time to change from the Wish to the Treasure. So I'm pretty sure basically it's going to be a carbon copy, except for things like colors that they use. In the Bahamas, progress continues on a beautiful new island destination at Lighthouse Point, which will bring the natural beauty and rich culture of the Bahamas to life for Disney Cruise Line guests. The latest visualizations revealed by the company portray a beach retreat surrounded by Bahamian artistry. Disney's second island destination amenities will further include a recreation center, dining options, shops, a 
water playground and a cultural pavilion, among others. The island based on concept art is more vibrant and bright. Disney has pledged to develop less than 20% of the property to generate 90% of the site's energy from solar panels to use sustainable building practices and to donate more than 190 acres of privately owned land to the local government. Environmental management programs have already been formed and will be carried out throughout the construction and operation phases in the area. Disney Cruise Line has donated school supplies to students in the Bahamas as part of its Wishes Set Sail campaign in order to support youth initiatives in key port communities, according to a press release. Disney Cruise Line handed out 1,320 backpacks filled with school supplies to benefit students in Abaco and Eleuthera, that's how you say, that's the island that Lighthouse Point is being constructed on, according to the company. Throughout the inaugural season of the Disney Wish, Disney Cruise Line will distribute $400,000 through its Wishes Set Sail campaign. Previous recipients have included the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central Florida Brevard County branches and Junior Achievement Bahamas with more to come. This Wishes Set Sail donation adds to the Cruise Line's pledge to inspire Bahamian students to achieve academic and personal success. The Cruise Line has previously donated school supplies, tablets, and textbooks to educational initiatives throughout the Bahamas, while it has also partnered with All Hands and Hearts in 2019 to donate $1 million for the reconstruction of schools in Abaco after Hurricane Dorian. Once again, at Expo, at uh, Disney Parks Experiences and Products Chairman Josh DeMauro announced that Disney Cruise Line is bringing the magic of a Disney vacation to families and fans in Australia and New Zealand during limited time Disney Magic at Sea cruises that immerse guests in Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars stories beginning in late October 23. Repositioning cruises for the Disney Wonder will be the first South Pacific voyages for Disney Cruise Line, giving guests the chance to experience destinations like Fiji and Samoa. The Disney Wonder will embark on these Disney Magic at Sea cruises through February 2024. Remember, February is summer in Australia, and It's going to range from two to six nights and departing from four home ports, uh, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, and, and Auckland, New Zealand. Disney Magic at Sea bookings open September 29th for Australia and New Zealand and repositioning sailings open October 6th for the general public. It's going to sell out fast. Get a hold of me uh, right now. Send me an email if you want to do this itinerary. I can make it happen for you, but you got to act quick. Effective September 9th, uh, 2022, guests on consecutive sailings on the Disney Dream, Disney Fantasy, and Disney Wish do not need to test between sailings. So if you're doing a back-to-back sailing, don't have to... Get a test in between your sailings. Testing for consecutive sailings on the Disney Wonder will be eliminated on September 23rd, 2022. Testing for consecutive sailings on the Disney Magic will continue through the end of the Bermuda sailings and will end beginning November 7th, 2022. Moving on to Holland America Line. Holland America Line is bringing back its Grand Australia and New Zealand voyage for 2024 for the first time in more than 10 years, according to a press release. 
The 94-day sailing aboard the Volendam is scheduled to depart on January 3rd, 2024, sailing round-trip from San Diego, California, as Holland America Line continues to add longer voyages departing from a North America home port, according to the company. Guests on this Australia expedition will experience the Great Barrier Reef, the wonders of Hawaii, and the South Pacific, and the landscapes of New Zealand, all without air travel from the United States or Canada involved. Highlights of the 2024 Grand Australia and New Zealand voyage include 43 ports of call, four overnight stays in Fremantle, Sydney, Auckland, and Papeete, two days of scenic cruising in the Great Barrier Reef, explorations of the Ribbon Reef and Far North regions, a stop at Komodo Island, as well as cruising through the Torres Strait and Milford Sound. The company also offers two shorter segments of the sailing, 58 days from San Diego to Sydney and 36 days from Sydney to San Diego. So sign me up. That's all I got to say. If you're interested, drop me a line. Ama Waterways. Ama Waterways has unveiled its longest river sailing on board the Amamora for 2024 with the Seven River Journey Spring and Summer Editions itineraries, according to a press release. This is the company's longest expedition, which lasts for 49 nights, with guests sailing the length of the Rhine and Danube rivers, as well as the Danube Delta region, leading back to the Black Sea, according to Ama Waterways. The company's 2024 journeys will also include a seven-day exploration of the Danube Delta, which will include visits to six towns and folk and a folklore event in Moldova. Moving on, Virgin Voyages. Virgin Voyages set to offer four new one-way sailings across the world during the 2023-2024 winter season. Sailing in Asia, Australia, and the Caribbean, the repositioning voyages will be offered by the Resilient Lady and the New Brilliant Lady. Departing from Miami on December 24th, 2023, the Brilliant Lady will offer a five-night itinerary that ends in Puerto Rico. In addition to two full days at sea, the holiday sailing features visits to Puerto Plata and St. Croix before ending in San Juan. After completing its inaugural season in Australia, the Resilient Lady is set to offer what Virgin calls epic repositioning voyages to Europe. Sailing in March and April 2024, the three two-week sailings can be combined into a single six-week trip that links Australia to Greece. The first one-way segment departs from Sydney on March 27, 2024, before reaching its final destination in Singapore. The 15-night voyage sails to Early Beach, Khan, Darwin, and Benoa. Continuing its way to Europe, the Resilient Lady embarks on the second segment of the positioning sailing on April 11, 2024, sailing from Singapore to Dubai. The 14-night itinerary features calls to Port Klang, Phuket, Colombo, Goa, and Mumbai. The next segment starts on April 25, 2024, and sails from Dubai to Piraeus, which is basically Athens. In addition to a transit of the Suez Canal, the voyage includes visits to ports in the Mediterranean and the Red Sea, including Santorini, Rhodes, Alexandria, and Safaga. Third and fourth in a series of four cruise ships known as Virgin's Lady Ships, the Resilient Lady and the Brilliant Lady are set to debut in 2023. The port of San Diego's new cruise season is about to start, and this season is poised to be the port's busiest since 2010, with 140 cruises scheduled, up 45% from last year, with all sailings at or near full capacity, bringing approximately 460,000 passengers, according to a press release. The port is making some major repairs and improvements to the B Street Cruise ship 
terminal. Uh, pros a project to install a new curtain wall to extend the life and long-term stability of the pier structure is underway. Additionally, shore power capacity, we've heard about that, right? Uh, is being doubled, and the port will begin connecting two cruise ships simultaneously this fall. Also in 2024, the port of San Diego will begin construction on a $5 million project to make interior improvements to the B Street cruise ship terminal. Princess, Princess Cruises announced an exclusive five-year licensing agreement with Exponential Fitness, the largest global franchiser of boutique fitness brands. With this partnership, Princess will leverage Exponential Fitness's extensive content in concert with One Spa World's expertise in the health, wellness, and fitness at sea sector to become the first major cruise line offering multiple curated fitness brands to create uniquely customizable guest fitness experiences at sea, according to a press release. The Princess Fleet will feature Exponential's market-leading club Pilates, Pure Bar, Yoga 6, Cycle Bar, Row House, AKT Dance, and Stretch Lab brands and fitness modalities to start, with more exciting Exponential fitness offerings to come. Princess guests need not be exponential fitness members to experience in-studio live classes and in-state room on-demand classes and can continue their onboard experience post-cruise through XPass at exclusive Princess discounted prices. Um, and then finally, Norwegian. Norwegian Cruise Line is adding Baltimore to its home port lineup in 2023, according to published deployment. Returning to the company's schedule for after a long hiatus, the port will host the Norwegian Sky for a shortfall program, according to cruises available to book on Norwegian's website. In addition to popular ports such as Halifax and Bar Harbor, the itineraries also include stops at unusual cruise destinations, including Shelburne, Oak Bluffs, and Bay Camo. And uh, I just want to make a little plea. Um, since they're, since, uh, they're thinking of doing deployments out of Baltimore. Why aren't they going from Baltimore to um, Bermuda? They go from New York to Bermuda, and Baltimore will be slightly closer, and um, you've got more time to explore that way. I'm just saying, listen, I'm not too far away from Baltimore. It's a short train ride for me to go down there. So listen up, Norwegian. Get with the program. <laughs> but um, that's basically all I have to say when it comes to travel news. And that was a lot. We covered a lot of ground today. All right. Next up, we're obsessed. And we're back. We're obsessed. This is our chance to rant or rave about something that is going on in our lives. It could be a book, an event, a record, something we just cannot let go of. I'm obsessed with podcasts a bit. Go figure. I'm hosting one. <laughs> one podcast that has really helped, uh, that, that has really made uh, my day is one by Matt Koplick, and he brings everybody the Broadway breakdown. This podcast is an absolute hidden gem. What matters most to me is a point of view. Not only does Broadway breakdown project a definite point of view, um, it is clear that Matt is passionate about his subject matter. While we do not always agree on matters of particular shows, he fully supports his point of view with reasons why he feels the way he does. Although I must admit, we do agree on a heck of a lot. Plus, I love actually learning something, and I guarantee guarantee you that happens each and every week. Um, these are 
basically podcasts that are a long form format. Most podcast episodes go about two hours. I think one might have gone as long as three hours, and he uh, subscribes to the same feelings about podcasting as I do. You make it basically as long as the content dictates. So if the content says make it longer, you make it longer. If the content says make it shorter, you make it shorter. And um, that's what happens on Broadway Breakdown. Um, Frankly, I'm amazed at the amount of research, reading, and reviewing he does to present an informed opinion and entertaining and informed podcast. To his credit, each week he's joined by varying guests which provide added insight into the world of which show, whichever show uh, they are exploring on a particular episode. If you play a drinking game by taking a shot every time he mentions Stage Door Manor, I cannot guarantee in the condition you will end up. <laughs> he he mentions it quite a bit. And um, there's a lot of pop culture references giving clever analogies. So that is uh, what I'm obsessed about. Like what you are hearing? Tell your friends that they too can now find us on their favorite podcast player like Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. You are tasked with sharing Travel Happens with two friends. Should you fail to share this podcast, I will place a curse on you. If you do not follow this podcast... May on the hottest day of the year, uh, you need to thaw out your air conditioning unit and turn it off because your roommate has an internal thermostat much hotter than your own. You've been really using that air conditioning. You will have no air conditioning on the hottest day of the year. I hope you have a nice supply of lemonade and plenty of ice. What are the not-so-obvious issues with a cruise you might not have realized? All you are paying attention to is the lowest fare of a cruise for one person based on double occupancy. That's on purpose. The cruise line is trying to attract you into booking a cruise with them. What you don't realize at first is that not only are there higher costs for different room arrangements, but there is a whole slew of costs that can get added onto the total cost of a trip when all is said and done. They are laid out in your cruise contract. But those contracts are so wordy with tiny print and long, 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 long. Many people don't pay attention to reading the whole thing. For me, I am much happier with clear expectations. This is going to be a list of various issues of which you might not be aware. First on my list is... Port fees can change after you've paid in full. That's right. When you read the cruise contract, uh, in many cases, it becomes clear that on most cruises, the port fees you pay at booking are the cruise line's best guess of your individual share of what the ship will be charged for docking at the ports of call planned for the cruise. Uh, the caveat is that if those guesses change, you might owe more. You could be charged additional amounts after purchasing a cruise, but the cruise lines reserve the right to do so. Port fees and taxes are charged by the government and the cruise ports. The cruise line has no control over these taxes. Just like when you buy a new car or shirt, the place of business does not control the taxes you have to pay. They are just abiding by the rules set forth by the local and national government. In the unlikely event that your ship must miss a port because of bad weather, engine problems, or something else, a portion of the port fees will be refunded to you. 
So um, just really keep that in mind. That's that's significant. Um, the and also everything is increasing in price these days. So just because the cruise line has visited Cozumel uh, a million times doesn't mean that the port fee for Cozumel won't go up. I'm sure it, it will at some point soon if it hasn't already like last month or something. <laughs> so you know, just be aware, you could get charged for uh, port fees after you've paid in full. Next, you may have a fuel charge. Gas prices go up. We have all seen the price of gas go up at the pump of your local gas station. Well, cruise lines must pay for the increased rates of fuel as well. Included in your contract is what is called a fuel supplement. Should the price of oil increase to a certain price per barrel, the cruise line has stipulated that they will place an additional charge to the consumer. Recently, the cruise lines have been absorbing the additional cost. And also, I'm sure that they were stockpiling uh, fuel so that they could have a little bit of a buffer. However, this could very well change as it did back in 2007 and 2008 when fuel supplement charges were applied. All you really can do is watch the price of oil per barrel and be prepared to pay more. Next, if you get off the ship at the wrong port, you will be charged the penalties for violating the PVSA. Often confused with the Jones Act, the Passenger Vessel Services Act, or PVSA, is the law that prevents non-U.S. flagged ships from transporting passengers between U.S. ports of call. It's a tricky law with lots of exceptions, but what you need to know is that if you depart the ship and do not return unexpectedly in most U U.S. ports, you might be subject to fines imposed on the ship for transporting you. Another big reason to watch not linked to your phone and don't miss that ship. <laughs> All right, next on my list. To go out exploring ports will incur another cost. When the ship is in port, most passengers take one of the shore excursions offered by the cruise line. These excursions can cost anywhere from $25 to $300 or more, and you must pay for them separately. You can save money by booking independent excursions through various tour companies, but you are responsible for making sure you are back on board well before the ship's scheduled departure time. If you miss the ship's departure, you will have to pay for your transportation to the next port on your itinerary. It is fully disclosed that you aren't getting a shore excursion for free. The shore excursions desk on your ship is very clear about that. The exception to this rule is if you're sailing on ultra luxury lines or river cruises such as Ama Waterways. They actually do offer free excursions. Well, it's not really Free. I mean, it's complimentary. It's included in your cruise fare. You you paid for it. <laughs> One way they either get you up front or after. Uh, but even these only include a limited number in the fare for a lot of river cruises. On my waterways, all of their excursions are included. Um, so some excursions will have an additional cost. Keep that in mind. Number five on my list. The cruise line has strict limits on what should not be in your checked bags. Please do not assume that what is allowed in a suitcase for an airline is what is allowed on your cruise ship. Each cruise line has a list of things they consider to be contraband, and you are not allowed to have inside your checked luggage. The list may include beer, wine, or other alcoholic drinks, bottled water, because let's face it, they want to sell you these items, knives or scissors of a certain length, and electrical devices or appliances that could uh, pose hazards, um, because fire is 
the biggest concern of cruise ships. Don't trigger the cruise line causing your bags to be confiscated or more likely delayed in delivery on embarkation day. Because why would it be delayed? Because they, you know, in their screening, they detected there's some contraband in there and then they have to go pull it out of you know, line, open it up, go through your bag, inspect it. So that all is delaying things. Remember, the cruise line reserves the right to search your luggage, your stateroom, and even your safe if they determine you might be traveling with drugs or anything else banned by the cruise contract. Next, you can't cruise after the 24th week of pregnancy. I personally don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I hope you are not one of those women like on the TLC show. I didn't know I was pregnant. You will not be allowed to sail if you reach the 24th week of pregnancy before the conclusion of the cruise. Be smart and carry a doctor's note that states you will not reach the 24th week of pregnancy while on the cruise anytime you have a noticeable baby bump to avoid any issues. So keep that in mind. Next, not all beverages are created equal. Understand what coffee and teas are included in your fare and which beverages require an additional fee. Regular coffee, decaf coffee, and a variety of teas are in abundance on a cruise ship and can be confident that they are included in the cost of the voyage. But for those who like something a little more special, cruise ships have specialty coffee shops that allow you to enjoy premium coffee beverages and teas at a reasonable cost. In addition to coffee, you may also see gourmet cakes, cookies, and other pastries for sale or even for free at the coffee shop that are sure to satisfy most anyone's sweet tooth. And trust me, I got a huge sweet tooth. I love my sweets. And oftentimes the coffee shop is a focal point of the ships for many people. I'm thinking specifically like uh, Princess Cruises. Their, their um, coffee shop is uh, really uh, like a hub of activity there. Both passengers and employees you uh, could end up being hanging, it's like a hangout point, the coffee shop for them. You never know who you'll see there the cruise director, hotel manager, or even the captain. While there is plenty of complimentary food aboard, be careful about beverage costs. To save money, plan to drink uh, water, juice, coffee, and tea with most of your meals. What's next on my hip parade? Okay. Uh, here, this is one of the biggest ones as far as I'm concerned. They can take you wherever they want and drop you off wherever they need. Both the cruise line and the passengers must prepare for whatever comes their way. Ships may skip ports, change to alternate ports, change the departure and arrival schedules or detour in any way the company and the captain deem to be in the best interests of both ship and passengers. This is usually due to ensure everyone's safety. You will rarely be compensated for changes unless they are due to mechanical failure of the ship. The ship does not have to take you to the port you expected to disembark in. You personally may be disembarked early for a variety of reasons, or the entire ship may be disembarked in an alternate port. When that happens, unless the change is due to mechanical failure of the ship, only passengers who booked air packages with the cruise line are likely to have assistance with rebooking transportation. The added cost comes from you trying to cancel your flight and or hotel and booking a flight because you aren't disembarking from the port you planned on. Um, trust me, it, it's they the cruise line doesn't want to change anything up. They really don't. So that itinerary that you see when you're first booking your cruise, they want to do that. That's what they want to do. But they can't help it if a hurricane is barreling its way t 
toward where you're supposed to go. So they're, they might change things to keep you safe. And I thank them for it because I don't need to deal with that. <laughs> um, another thing is you might be kicked off for health reasons and charged for the privilege. You may be denied boarding or taken off the ship at any point if your health jeopardizes other passengers or it it is determined that the medical staff on board cannot adequately care for you or assess the severity of your condition. If you suffer a severe medical incident that requires the ship to make an emergency stop or call for assistance from a nearby port, not only is your cruise about to be cut short, but expect to pay for all that extra attention, including port fees. And let's not forget about tips. Gratuities are fully disclosed when booking your cruise. They are also listed when you go to print out your cruise documents. They usually cost between uh, these days, uh, I actually, uh, in my notes, I wrote down a price range and I'm like, oh no, it, it's not that low anymore. This is 2022. So I would expect somewhere between uh, $14 and $20 per person per day, depending on your cruise line and stateroom category booked. Often more premium lines include tips into the fare of your cruise. Traditionally, cruise passengers are expected but not required to tip everyone who assisted them during the cruise, from the cabin steward to the waiters and waitresses who served them meals. Tipping is still expected, but some cruise lines now assess each person a standard per day gratuity or service charge, which is then shared by appropriate staff members. Of course, you should consider tipping any staff members who provide services specifically for you, such as a spa or salon treatment, luggage transportation, or room service, as the standard gratuity will not be shared with them. A separate mandatory gratuity of, let's say, 15 to 18% will normally be added to your drink orders. So that's always like a hotbed of an issue when it comes to dealing with uh, cruise passengers is, you know, how much to tip, is the tip included, and why you know, why is it or isn't it? And it's a whole ball of wax. Um, not only here in the United States, but also abroad where they're just not used to tipping anything anywhere, period. Um, they expect, you know, tips to be included in the cruise fare. And in, especially for American cruises, they're not. All right, what's next? Uh, the days of complimentary room service is over. While some cruise lines still have free room service, many have a flat rate delivery charge. Others have a a la carte pricing. Others will offer complimentary continental breakfast delivery but have a charge for room service for other room service requests. If there's any cost involved at all with ordering room service. It is fully disclosed in the stateroom menu, so you'll know before you pick up the phone. So, and that's basically it of the stuff you might have missed with your cruise contract or uh, stuff you might have overlooked. And there actually is, uh, that's probably like half of my list. I've got <laughs> double that amount. And if you book a cruise with me, I'll share the complete list with you. A cruise vacation is a complicated maze. I can help to sort out this mess and make sense of it all. And my services are complimentary. Um, I have oodles more 
advice and guidance when it comes to favorite destinations for North Americans. If you want help with a vacation, I can make it happen. My contact information is in the show notes. I can help with adventures with ocean and river cruises, especially if you are an active or adventurous traveler. For land lovers, I can also help with universal parks and resorts. Thank you, dear listener, for spending time with me. Next week, I can't wait to discover what Amy Krause has in store as we explore what is beyond our front porch. Reach for the adventure.